Welcome to another episode of Across the Field, Double B and PB as always. PB, how's it hanging? Championship football starts now. The Buckeyes start their back half of the season. Uh, let's go. That was a good uh, little break, but now it's time to go win some championships. Let's go. Let's go. Week 10 of high school football. Black Swamp football trophy on the line. The cross the field rivalry that got it all started. Mm-hmm. Man, I uh, it's just throw the throw the records out of those of that game. Um, you just both teams are gonna bring it. I can't wait for that game Friday night. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Um We'll have to we'll have to talk to Jeff about it a little bit later when we have him on. But uh, uh, yeah, gonna be a good game. Yeah, uh, really excited for it. Let's start right there. Oh well, let's recap from last week. You want to talk a little Friday Night Lights from last week? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. You were at, you had a big. The Raiders picked up a big one. I got to go over and get a fish sandwich from uh, Archer Field. How were they? Phenomenal. Oh, They're pretty good. How many did you have? One, one. You stopped at one? Yeah. Well, the Knights of Columbus had their fish fry on Friday for lunch and got to go oh. eat with, uh, yeah, Coach Aaron and Mr. Snodgrass. <clears throat> okay. Shout out, shout out to both of them. But, uh, yeah, so I didn't want to overload on fish. Do they listen to the pod? I believe so. Good. We appreciate it. Appreciate um, all our listeners. But, uh, yep. So went over to Archer Field. Um Man, Paulding, you know, we still trotted out a freshman quarterback playing in that game. I thought he controlled his emotions pretty good. Um, with that, that Antwerp defense is really good. And yeah, uh, yeah. so, you know, this, it's not an easy thing what uh, Paulding's asking of this youngster, but uh, he's battling day in and day out, and he's getting better, and you can see it. Yeah. Um, bright future ahead. And, yeah, uh, and that's what I when I saw – was that two weeks ago when they played Tenora? Yeah. Um, I thought he looked good then. I mean, we talked about that maybe last week, but, you know, I thought he, for a freshman, uh, came in and played pretty well in his first start, basically. So, um, I know – well, it was his first start. I know he got time uh, the week before. But, uh, yeah, he. I mean, he, he was solid. And I think yeah. he'll continue to get better. Yeah, and I think, you know, if, if – uh... You know, if Coach Menzi, if this is his guy, um, you know, this is what kind of Coach Hale did with Carson as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Threw him into the fire. And, yep. Um, so, um, but uh, you got to see the speed that Antwerp has. And, uh, man, they're fast. They're fast. And Coach Hale has some dudes over there. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they finished out winning the GMC last week with help from Wayne Trace beating Ayersville. Um, so, outright no one no one could share it with them it's theirs and theirs only so congratulations to them over there and uh you know happy for coach hale and his guys and you know see if they can make a little run here in the playoffs yeah you know congratulations first of all that's what i want to say congratulations to coach hale and the antwerp archers um winning their first gmc title and frankly, it doesn't even matter what happens Friday night, whether they win or lose. Now, I know they probably want to win and, you know, finish the season undefeated. 
but uh, the conference is all theirs regardless because everybody else has two conference losses. So um, with Edgerton going down to Sonora last week and and Wayne Trace uh, beating Ayersville, so um, everybody else in the conference has two or more losses. So it's it's it all belongs to the Archers. When when I watched Antwerp live, you know that's the first time. I got to see them live and in person. And Reed Leasty can hit, and it's hard for uh, linebackers or opposing defenses to hit him square. He is so shifty, and it's hard to put a good lick on him. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then I also was just very surprised, uh, not surprised, but just very impressed with how Carson just sits back there in the pocket, act like there's no guys coming after his head, act like it's a seven-on-seven, seven, and just – getting out to his playmakers. Um, Parker Moore was out, um, but uh, that didn't stop him at all. He found his receivers, Landon Brewer, uh, the Shoal kid, uh, one of the twins I know had a touchdown catch. Caden uh, Winslow had a catch. Uh, Fuller, Leasty out of the backfield. You know, just just many, many weapons for the Archers. Yeah. Um, again, that, congratulations to them. They move on and I saw them a few weeks ago, and basically everything they're saying now is what I saw back then against Wayne Trace. So, yeah, it's, they're a well-oiled machine, man. Yep. <clears throat> they're going to be a tough out. So, um, moving on, uh, do you, I'll, I'll recap the, the Wayne Trace game if you want me to. Yep. So, I was there in Havland, and um, – you know, it was, <laughs> you know, we talked about this and we, you know, you brought this up and, um, uh, that Wayne Trace is going to get one of those games, uh, one of the big games, you know, with either Antwerp, Tenora, Ayersville, somebody like that. Um, and, and they did it. They, they got the pilots. Um, I tell you what, I, I don't have, the stats on hand um but just being there in person um i thought the raider offense really finally came alive scored 28 points um held airsville to 26 and obviously the key in the game was you know airsville if you've seen all their scores they go for two all the time um so only you know holding them to just converting one two-point conversion was huge. You know, they stopped the other three. So, I mean, that right there won you the game. Even though you gave up touchdowns, you only gave up six instead of seven or eight, you know. So, <clears throat> um, that in itself was huge. Uh, Beanie Slade ran the ball really well. But the guy I really want to highlight, um, you know, is the quarterback, the guy that played quarterback the entire game, Number 19, Kyle Stoller. Um, started out the season about halfway, you know, in the middle of the season, about week four, uh, transitioned to cold. And for a few weeks, you know, both of them were playing. Um, and then now Kyle's been back at it. And I'll tell you this the dude threw some dimes. Now, there were, I will say this, there were a couple times that there were guys wide open. And I don't know if that's something. We did differently with the scheme, um, or if Ayersville just kind of blew a coverage 
Um, you know, just where I was sitting, couldn't really tell. Didn't go back and watch the film to really break it down and figure out how it happened. But, you know, Wayne Trace hit a big touchdown pass um, to Jude Stoller. Uh, then later in the game, he threw a nice ball. Kyle threw a nice ball to, to Race Price down the sideline. And every ball he threw um, was very accurate. I thought so props to him for hanging that's, in there. That, that, that's a testament to his character. You know, it could have been real, it could have been really easy, you know, to pack it in, um, you know, start of the year and then they went with uh, Moorhead and then, you know, it could have been easy for him to say, you know, I'm, I'm, a ba- I'm a basketball guy. I let's just get to basketball season, but uh, he stuck it out, played great defense for him this year mm-hmm. and uh, eventually got the nod back to go out and try out and be the quarterback again. And just, that, that, that's a testament to his character, and you don't see that. You see kids, you know, pout about it and not, you know, respond the right way, and it sounded like Kyle Stoller uh, responded the right way, and, you know, it doesn't shock me uh, from you know, the kid I played against. Uh, just overall, you know, good good to see that from him. Yeah. And then I'll say this, the defensive side, um, have you seen Ayersville in person? I have not, no. Okay. I don't know if you could t- – have you seen them on the live stream? Yeah, yeah, i watched them two times now. Okay. Do they look big on the live stream? They look big. Because these are some grown men, man. These are some grown men. They are huge. I mean, <laughs> they're monsters. When I saw them come out on the field, I was like, wow. I know they're physical. And I know they're physical. They're physical is all get out. And credit the Wayne Trace defense. Like, yeah, they gave up 26. But I'm telling you, with the size and, and the physicality, the Raiders hung right in there and uh, did a pretty good job. There were a couple more times Arizona could have scored, and it was a bend and don't break. Um, I know there was one time earlier Arizona had inside the five, maybe down to the one or two-yard line, and uh, ended up going backwards to play. And the Raiders get a big stop, and boom, there you go. So, uh, I thought the defense played really well, even though they gave up 26. Um, and and the offense really looked like it had some rhythm this week um, and looked really sharp, to tell you the truth. And and that's correct Kyle Stiller. I mean, I, I know as the other guys make a plays, all the seniors really played well, I thought. Um, that were out on the field and and uh, contributed really well. But to ha- like you said, uh, to have a guy go in and through the ups and downs he's had this year and battle adversity and all the above, um, you know, he was he was really sharp. So <clears throat> kudos to him. It was a great game. Raiders win twenty eight twenty six. Um, let's talk about that Tenora. An Edgerton game. We had Coach Flagle on last week, and uh, you know, obviously, he was pretty confident. Um, but uh, the Rambo's put it to the Bulldogs. What, what do you think about that one? Oh, I think you know the Rambo's. They got their guys back, and uh, you know they've handled. Uh, credit them for handling the situation so good over there. It's tough to lose a coach in the middle of the season, um, and those boys uh, they're putting themselves uh, right in playoff position. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that was a must-win game for him. Um, 
and uh, you know they responded the right way and with uh, in a big way uh, beating Edgerton. And that's no, we know how good Edgerton is, and I haven't looked at the stats yet, but uh, um, I know they held Edgerton's offense, you know, not to where we normally are used to seeing Edgerton. And so credit to the Tenor defense, they they are fast and physical, and uh, yeah, you know, happy for those uh, Rambo's over there. For sure. Um... Any other games you want to talk about from last week? Not high school. I do want to talk about what was going on in Rocky Top. (laughs) That's my new favorite song over the weekend. (laughs) Rocky Top, Tennessee. The atmosphere down there looked incredible. Oh, man, that, that would have been awesome to just be there. Um but uh, it, when Bama loses, America wins. And America, <laughs> we won this week. Oh, man. It, it, it was good seeing old Nick Satan uh, getting in. Uh, uh, he was a little mad and flustered. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a shout-out for Uncle Brent. He calls him Nick Satan, not Saban. <laughs> so, yes, really happy that uh, Bama lost. So I'll be honest with you. Didn't watch really a down of college football this weekend. Um, had another wedding, all that good stuff. So, um, but while I was at the wedding reception, did they know, play Rocky Top? We did. Oh yes, they did. So, uh, yeah, I. They they did. I was watching on my phone, and you could tell a couple other people were watching on their phone, and especially the kick at the end. <clears throat> and uh, there was like me by myself, and I kind of went nuts. And my mom kind of elbowed me, like, "What are you yelling about?" And I was like, "Sorry." And uh, and then there was a table just down from us that there were about four guys sitting there. I didn't know them, but they went nuts as well. So. It was pretty funny. Yeah, Rocky Top. I was jacked. Um, man, yeah, like I said, when uh, Bama loses, America wins. Too yeah. bad. Too bad the Nittany Lions didn't pull it off, or we had an unbelievable weekend. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel the same <clears> when Ohio State doesn't suit up on a Saturday. It it just it's just different, isn't it? It is. It, it sucks. I I don't like it. I, I mean, hate it. Years past when there's been bye weeks, I found myself doing other things. And, you know, I missed some great games because I was doing other things. But it's like, you know what? I just – I'm not into it today. Now, Buckeyes are on a bye. I'm on a bye. Well, it's yeah. over now. It's time to go beat the Iowa because there's no O in their offense. They have no offense, so they don't deserve their O. <laughs> That's cheesy. Where Where did you hear that? I think I heard it on Columbus Radio. <laughs> oh man, good stuff. Iowa. Um Yeah, college football was was a little crazy. It was nuts this weekend. It feels like it feels like we're on a collision for for November twenty sixth. Um is it gonna be one versus two or is it gonna be one, two and three or College football's got to play itself out, but it's going to be nuts, whatever it is, because I feel like both teams are going to come into Columbus undefeated. 
on that last Saturday in uh, November. Yeah, we've got, uh, you know, five big ones before then. So, you know, and, and so do they, but uh, got to take care of business. And, but yeah, be interesting. I would cool. love, I would love to see the one, two matchup. I mean, that hasn't happened since 06, right? Right. So and, and and, that, uh, game, that game was in the shoe as well. Here's what I got a problem with college football. Go ahead. So I feel like deep down, yo, and deep down, I feel like Bama controls their own destiny to make the playoff, which mm. is terrible to say because Tennessee's win, if they lose to Georgia, because they have to play Georgia because they're on Georgia's side. They If they go down to Athens, Georgia, and lose – that game that they beat Alabama and Knoxville means nothing. Yeah. That that that's a problem I have within the divisions. Because yeah, who knows? I mean, you know, Bama I mean Tennessee already beat Bama. But uh if uh they go down and lose to Georgia. So hold not. hold on, hold on now. I see what you're saying. But a few weeks ago I said wouldn't it be cool? If the Big Ten just put the best two teams in the Big Ten championship, are you saying you want to see that with the SEC? Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to. We're going to have to do that uh, because the three best teams of the Big Ten are on in the East. Um, it, it, it came clear to me this weekend after thinking about, you know, you know Tennessee loses to Georgia. I mean, oh. because that just it just shows that, that that win against Bama means absolutely nothing anymore. Yeah. They beat them head to head, and then if I, they go into the SEC championship, you know, I agree with you, and I feel like this has happened before, and that's why I brought that up. I've been thinking about this for a few years now, and and I just really think, you know, you take the two best teams no matter where they're at, and if that, you know, talking Big Ten, if that's Ohio State, Michigan, and they play back to back weeks, and so be it. All right. So, any other college games you want to talk about? Um, you know, not a, not off the top of my head. That Florida State game didn't turn out the way I expected it to. No. Um, so, yeah, it was rough. Then, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, the Buckeyes didn't play. Can't get to recap the Buckeyes. Beat the bye week, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> really, you know go uh, get guys healthy yep uh let's move on to or uh, nfl um let's start with the thursday night game go ahead give me your thoughts on that wow if that doesn't make it clear cut that uh justin field needs uh help uh good night that dude got thrown around like a tackling dummy on thursday night <laughs> He took some shots. He took some big shots. I mean, I I honestly think he took more shots than a tackling dummy does at practice. Yeah. He was he was getting beat up pretty rough. He was. Um man, and football is a game of inches. Mm-hmm. Man, oh man. Um I I'll be honest with you, I thought they scored there at the end. I did too. I actually it's I funny. Mean, Watching it, watching it real time, I thought, man, that's a touchdown. They screwed that one up. And then when they showed the replay, and you could slow it down, and 
obviously see the bobble, then I, you know, he didn't yeah. score. Obviously, they got to call right. So, um, um, but, but actually, I was over at Dayton. Dayton Price is watching it. Mm-hmm. And after Washington stopped the Bears, the drive before that drive, I was like, it's mm-hmm. over. I mean, and so I left. Okay. And I got a call. He goes, get home. You got the ball back. And I, I got my hopes all up. I, I knew it. I was like, oh, I'm just going to get my hopes up. <laughs> and I did. Uh, Justin Fields made a heck of a play to get down inside the 20, I believe. Straight yeah. With his feet. Yeah, big run. Big run. So, they just – they need to help him. They need to get a receiver. And they – uh they gotta do. They have to have a big off season. Yeah. So. Yep. Bad Thursday uh, night game. I'm tired of these bad Thursday night games, though. Well, I'm hoping. I mean, this Thursday you got the Cardinals and the Saints, which their offenses haven't been just lighting up the scoreboard. Especially, I and mean, I'll talk about my Cardinals. My gosh, they were horrible on Sunday. Um. Obviously, James Conner doesn't play. Hollywood Brown leaves the game with an injury. Uh, but And I know Seattle Seattle. And playing there is tough. It's a divisional game, blah, blah, blah. But to only manufacture nine points, give me a break, man. I'm, I'm bitter, bitterly disappointed. Um. I'm just not real happy. Now, this week, I know it's a short week, but you got <clears throat> Hopkins coming back and don't know if Connor's playing. Backup, you know, Benjamin, backup running back. He's kind of banged up. Um, made a trade for Robbie Anderson. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. And I'll give the Seahawks credit. Give the Seahawks credit. They played well. I tell you what, if we're going to keep talking about NFL – the surprise is the Jets. That was that shocked me. You know, going into Lambeau, that's a tough place to play. And, um, you know, really owning the Packers. Yeah. And I, I want to say that because, you know, I watched the game with Dayton Price, avid Packers fan. And kind of like uh, when Alabama, when the Packers lose, America wins. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. They they do have some dudes over there. They got young talent. Brees Hall is a stud. Mixed in, mixed that with Zach Wilson and you know the guys they got receivers. Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson. Um, the Jets might make a little better run here. I've I've got Brees Hall on my fantasy team, by the way. I do too. I have the one, two my <laughs> the one I really care about. I've got him on that one. So yeah, he's playing pretty well right now. Um. Not sitting too bad in that league, so um, yeah, the Jets are to your point. Um, very surprised that, that I mean, I guess I'm not, it's the Jets, so yeah, you're surprised, but with what they've put together on offense and their defense, you know, it, it's they look really good, you know, yeah, so, yeah, they do. I guess, I guess if you look at the roster, you're thinking, okay. This is probably expected, but again, that's the Jets. And, you know, Robert Sala is a great coach. You know, you kind of saw that last year with everything he had thrown at him adversity wise. So, 
you know, you could see they were starting to kind of make a stride last year, even though their record didn't really show it. So I guess that's what I'll say uh, about the Jets. But uh, any other games you want to talk about? No, no. Um, really, I didn't, wasn't locked in as much. Locked, was locked into the 1 o'clock games after that. Um, really just getting things around to head back to C-Bus. Um, yeah. So, so what yeah. did what did you accomplish your your fall break? Coming back, like home, coming back home to the four one nine. Yeah, well, got to watch uh, Katie go play at, uh, at Wayne Trace, and then yeah. uh, went over to Antwerp, watched Luke Lukester, and um, Saturday just watched uh, college football with uh, went down to Grandma and Grandpa's, and your dad was there, and my dad, and uh, watched some football down there, and. Visited some friends, so it was a good, uh, you know, get to be able to get back home weekend. Good, good. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Hear that safe travels and everything. And yeah. then, if I'm not mistaken, you caught your sister playing um, Monday night too. Yeah. What mom and dad had no clue about it. Neither did Kate. Uh, <laughs> Were they surprised? Yeah. Uh, dad gave me like the what the heck look. Um, yeah. What the heck you doing here? But uh, thank, I'll give a shout out to my driver. I don't have my car down at Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey March. I asked her. I said, "Hey, I asked her last week if I uh, could either a if she wanted to go to the game or uh, b uh, can I borrow your car?" Luckily, she wanted to go to the game too, and uh, so we went and watched the uh, Lady Panthers and watched Kate's uh, final, uh, you know, season finale and career finale. Yeah, that's. Came up on the short end, and that's that's unfortunate. I was kind of hoping to, no, we would have had to postpone the pod again, but um, you know, I was kind of hoping to w- go watch her tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, her season's over, and we we're hoping to have her on and, and recap everything, and we still might. But uh, this week with the, with our schedules and and everything like that, just didn't didn't pan out. Yeah, she's she's down watching uh, the little cousin tonight. Her mom went yeah. down to Archbold. So, who does Archbold play? I'm not. I'm not sure. Not sure. I'll be honest. I haven't looked that far ahead. I mean, um, I know the the Lady Raiders are playing Parkway tonight. Archbold's got Woodmore tonight. Woodmore. Okay. Sectional semifinal. Be a good one. Yep, so going to go down. She went down and watched uh, Keeley play, so uh, that's why I couldn't have her on the pod tonight. So. Yeah. Rooting for, rooting for the Blue Streaks now. Yep. Rooting for the Blue Streaks. I've got nothing in it, but I'll root for them. I mean, why not? Yep. Why not? Hope they make a good run. Um, so, yeah, hoping to get Kate on sometime. She can recap her season. Um, and then with our schedules, people, I'll just tell you this, uh, Peyton obviously went, you know, Sunday was busy for both of us, um, with him traveling back to Columbus and me just being me. And then, uh, Monday, um, you know, you, you made the trip down East from Columbus, which was about an hour and a half, right? Did I? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I told you it it wasn't, it wasn't long, so. Uh, made the trip down east, 
And then, so obviously, you know, Monday's out the window. And then yesterday, um, you know, school comes first for the, for this guy over there down in Columbus. So he had to get some stuff done and it, it just didn't work out last night either. And we, when we started this podcast, you know, we talked about, we were going to do it on our terms. We hope to do it twice a week, but we're not going to let it interfere with, with other stuff we got going on too. So this week's just been a, a bad, not a bad week. This is a really busy week for us. Yeah. Busy, busy. So, yep. And we're keeping the night kind of short and sweet. Um, I know it's going to seem like it's a long episode because we have a lot to cover, but still getting out of here at a decent time. So, you know, you got some stuff to take care of tonight also. Yeah, I know. So we're, we're, uh, going to keep her rolling. Um, I, it's so, crazy. So we, it's crazy to think about Brett. Um, we started this the Friday that football high school football came back. Yeah. And I didn't even get it posted until after, um, that game of week one, that Friday night. And we, we kind of threw it together, but man, we're at week 10 already. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're week 10. This is Don't great. blink, people. Don't blink. And this is uh, episode 18, I believe. And this is the uh, this is the game where the that uh, we named the podcast after. Yeah. Um started with started with the started with across the tracks with the the rivalry and then we kind of changed it to to fit the family with it also. Yeah, so uh just when you think about this game, it's uh, it's exciting to think about. I got some uh, the bitter bitterness about this game, but uh, mm-hmm. one of the one of the uh, more fun games to play in Paulding Wayne Trace, just because the communities come out and you're battling in front of your uh, county, and it, I just hope those boys soak it in those those lights one last time. I know Wayne Trace they're playing for a playoff spot to get to play. Again, Pauline just has nothing to lose. Yeah. We're going to make our picks. We're going to get Jeff on here quick. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Jeff Mormon will join us. He won last week. And uh, we'll get Jeff on here right after this commercial break. Made to Achieve Cleaning Service is looking for more clients in the Paulding and Defiance areas. They specialize in residential, business, and RV cleaning. They are insured. They provide all supplies and equipment. All you do is provide the mess. Their goal is to achieve your clean home dreams. Check them out on Facebook at Made to Achieve or their website at www.madetoachieve.com. PB, we're joined again this week by repeat offender, or should I say defender. Uh, we've got Jeff Mormon with us again, who won the picks last week. Jeff, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Pretty good, hanging in there. Uh, congrats on your second win, Jeff. Thanks. Yeah, congrats on the second win. Jeff had eleven wins last week, um, and that took first place. Um, and then we had one, two, three people with ten wins, and they were Coach Hospice. Uh, Alex Arlano and Peyton, your dad, Bill Beckman. Um, I had 10 wins also. Peyton, you want to hear how you did? No, no. Oh. <laughs> I know how I did. 
I think I was, pick, uh, I was picking upsets last week. All right. I think I think you were picking. You thought we were picking the losers. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell everybody, you went five and ten. And you were by, you were the worst. But there I'm were not. there were a few people with six. So I won't throw them under the bus, but you weren't all that terrible. But you were pretty terrible. Well, let's get started so I can redeem myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's start with um, the NFL, if you guys are ready for that. Week seven of the NFL. Uh, let's go the two and four Saints at the two and four Cardinals. Uh, this spread, the Cardinals are favored by two. The over-under is 44. Um Let's just see if the over is going to hit in a Thursday night game. Let's see if we can get multiple touchdowns. Boy, I don't know about that, but uh, my Cardinals are struggling. But guess what? D hopped back this week um, and made a trade for Robbie Anderson. Don't know if he's going to get to see the field since it's a short week. But uh, um, I'm going to take the Cardinals at home. I figured you would be taking the Cardinals being a fan. <laughs> but, um, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, you know, Arizona lost their their top wide receiver. I know they're getting D Hop back, but they lost Brown um, for at least a month, the way it sounds. So, yeah, um, took a hit to my fantasy team as well. But um, I think the Red Rocket and the uh, the Saints pulled this one out. Okay. And I'm with you. Hopefully they uh, they score a few touchdowns and make this somewhat entertaining for a Thursday night. Yeah, I hope so. Absolutely. I, I just want to see somebody score multiple touchdowns. Um, I'm going to say the Cardinals have taken a lot of heat this week. Cliff Kingsbury has as well. So uh, this is a big game for them, and I think they pull it off. Cardinals win. Cardinals win. All right. Uh Moving on here, let's go. The two and four Browns travel to the three and three Ravens. This is a one o'clock game on CBS. Baltimore favored at home by six. The over unders 45 and a half. Okay. Um, I think Baltimore's record is a little deceiving. They've let those three games get away late, um, blown some leads. I don't think they do it with a division rival. So, give me the Ravens at home. I agree, Brett. Um, I like the Ravens in this one, too. I think being at home and and Lamar Jackson just being that, that X factor. Um, and the Browns seem to be disconjointed everywhere. So, I'm, uh, I'm going with the Ravens. I'm going with the Ravens as well. And don't forget, this is the game that Deshaun Watson was supposed to be back and playing in before the appeal mm-hmm. by the NFL. So that's just somewhat to think about, um, you know, from here on out until they get Deshaun Watson back. But uh, I got the Ravens again. Yeah, Lamar's too good and the Browns suck. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. The three and three 49ers welcome in the four and two Chiefs who lost a tough one last week. Kansas City favored by three. The over under is 48 and a half. Okay. Um, I really like the 49ers as a squad, um, but I will say I don't think 
Pat Mahomes is losing two weeks in a row. They dropped one early to Indy um, that they probably shouldn't have. And then, obviously, a great game last week between uh, him and Josh Allen and the Bills. So, um, I'm going to take the Chiefs on the road to, to win this one. Yeah, I'm agreeing again, Brett. Um, I want to pick the Niners, but I just think the Chiefs are too good and coming off a loss, they're, they're going to be out looking for revenge. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners cover, but I think the Chiefs still win it outright. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. Everything you guys said, uh, Patty's not losing too straight. And uh, don't be surprised if they get a free agent like uh, Odell Beckham Jr. here in the uh, future weeks. So them and Green Bay, they're in the hunt for him. So, yep, yeah, give me the Chiefs. Okay. <clears throat> Next up, we've got the two and four Pittsburgh Steelers at the three and three Miami Dolphins. Miami's favored by seven at home. Over unders forty five, and I believe Tua is planned to start this week. Yeah, I, I hear that's that's where where they're leaning is as Tua's getting to go. Um, I think Miami's pretty tough with or without him. Um, and they, they've dropped a couple, um, but I think they're better here, better than the Steelers, So especially at home. So give me the Dolphins at home. Yeah, if I'm agreeing again, um, I just think the Dolphins at home, um, the Steelers, they seem to be a, a mess on offense. You know, can't find a quarterback, can't, can't really get anything going. It sounds like their offensive line isn't, isn't the greatest. So um, I think the Dolphins, no matter – if Tua finishes the game or not, I think they can pull this one out. I agree with you guys 100%. Not going to waste any air. Uh, Dolphins win. And I believe they cover as well. Okay. And then the Monday night game, uh, the two and four Bears go to Foxborough to take on the three and three Patriots. New England favored by seven and a half at home, over under 39 and a half. Seven and a half at home. I think they covered. I think they win. Give me Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Yeah, I'm going Patriots too, but I I think the Bears can give them a game. I, I think that the Bears could cover that seven and a half. I'm surprised it's that, that high. Um, you know, Fields is playing better, but he's running for his life all the time. He can only do so much, so. They, they need to get him some help or, or his career is going to be short. But I think right now Bill and Bill and the Patriots figure it out and they uh, they get the win. Peyton, before you pick here, back to that point that you've just made, Jeff, uh, both of you can kind of chime in on this. But he Fields took a lot of big shots last week, didn't he? Oh, man, he got yeah. rocked. Yeah, yeah, he was hurting the next day, I guarantee you that. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know if he, I don't know if he wanted to admit it, but uh, – yeah, he he was he was feeling pretty good, I imagine. I see on fantasy he's questionable. I mean, I'm sure just that's just because of the hits he took on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. So, Sorry, Peyton, go ahead. Um, I think I think the Bears do cover that seven and a half spread. Um I think the Patriots are gonna win. Gonna be interesting to see. Bailey Zappi just went two and oh. Mac Jones is sounding like he's coming back. Does Bill Belichick have a quarterback battle on his hands? Um, I'm not sure, but I believe the Patriots win, Bears cover. 
You're taking the Patriots? You're trying to win some games this week or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't let my fandom get in the way anymore. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Any other NFL games you guys want to talk about? Not for me, nope. Okay. Nope, I'm good. All right. We'll move right along then if you guys are ready to do so. Yep. Jeff, how's the fantasy – before we move on, how's the fantasy team record doing? Oh, boy. Um, I <laughs> dropped my last two. Injuries are starting to take their tolls on, on me. So, Brown Brown went down. Uh, Michael Thomas, he's been in and out of the lineup. So, yeah. um, those guys – those guys are, are hurting hurting my team right now. So, oh boy. plus I have I have Rodgers and Aaron Jones. So, I kind of go as Green Bay goes. So they've struggled the past two weeks, and so have I. So, <laughs> <laughs> hear that? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. It's it's a it's been a rough couple weeks for the Packers for sure. Yeah. All right, Peyton, you ready to move on? Yep. Let's go. Keep it rolling here. We'll move to college football. Um, let's start with number 14, Syracuse at number five, Clemson. Clemson favored by 13 and a half on ABC at noon, uh, over unders 49 and a half. Wow. I think Clemson wins, but I don't think, uh, thir- do you say 13 and a half? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think that's a lot. I'm going to take Clemson on the win uh, just because they're at home. But I don't think they cover – I don't think they win by 14-plus. So, yeah. I'm, but give me uh, the Tigers at home. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I'm taking Clemson here. Uh, they got – you know, they're kind of hitting their stride now. They've They've played in a couple big games. I think they've kind of figured out who needs to be where on their offense and defense. And uh, Syracuse is having a nice season. You know, I, they're undefeated yet, right, I think? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they, they've they had one upset, but I don't think that they can do it again. So I'm, I'm going Clemson. I'm going to go Clemson as well. I don't believe they cover that spread, though. Uh, DJU's starting to hit his drive and being the quarterback we all thought he was going to be. So, yeah, give me the Tigers. Okay. Excuse me. Next game, uh, let's go number nine, UCLA, and they are at number 10, Oregon. College game day is going to be there. Live atmosphere in Oregon. Oregon's favored by six at home. The over-under, fellas, 70 yeah, and a half points. Wow. 70 and a half. Wow. The scary thing is you might want to take the over. Yeah, I'm, I seriously might. <laughs> Um, UCLA's undefeated, and that kind of surprises me. I don't know about you guys, but uh, kind of shocks me. Oregon's looked pretty good since they got destroyed by Georgia. Um, so with all that being said, I think another unbeaten team goes down this week. Uh, give me the Ducks at home. All right. Um, I'm going to go the other way. I, I think UCLA is going to keep it rolling. Um, okay. You know, they got an experienced quarterback. Um, seems like he's been there forever. Um, and then looking at the scores, and UCLA has scored over 40 points five of the past six weeks. 
and Oregon scored over 40 the last four games. So, you know, both of those offenses are rolling. So I, that's why when they said 70, I'm like, oh, boy, I figured that that would be a, a big number. So, um, but I think UCLA's played better competition and they're ready for this game. So I'll, I'll take them. Okay. I agree with you, uh, Jeff. Uh, going into Oregon's tough place to play. Uh, that being a 3.30 game Eastern time, which is a nooner out there. Um, I, if it was a night, maybe a little different, but you talked about the quarterback play, Thompson Robinson. He's been there forever. Their running back, Charbonnet, from uh, the team up north, transferred into UCLA. He's been there forever. And uh, this is the team that Chip Kelly has been uh, wanting to build, and I think they could run the table in the Pac-12 uh, pending that USC game. So I'm going to take the Bruins. Peyton, real quick, back to Charbonnet or either one of you guys. Did you see what he said last week in that interview? No, I did not. Okay. I think it was on Big Noon. And it was something I would have to go back and watch, but it was something to the effect of uh, they were talking to him about playing, you know, transferring to UCLA. And it was something, don't, don't quote me on this, but something to the effect of I'm not getting lied to here like I was. Huh. So, I don't know. <laughs> to me, that sounds like a shot at Harbaugh in Michigan, but I don't, I don't know what that was all about. He didn't really elaborate, or maybe I missed that part, but I thought that was pretty interesting. So, anyway. <clears throat> Moving on here, let's go number 20, Texas, and number 11, Oklahoma State. This is going to be – I think this has potential to be the best game of the weekend. Uh, Texas favored by six and a half, over under 61. Uh, I'd, I'd be hammering that over on ABC, 330. Okay. Um, I'll start off. Uh, man, Oklahoma State did not look very sharp last week. Um, I think Texas is kind of rolling. Give me the Longhorns on the road. All right, I'm going the other direction. I'm I'm going Oklahoma State. I think uh, I think that they they have a better defense than than Texas possibly, and uh, I think that that they uh, they pull it out over Texas. I'm going to take the Longhorns uh, to win this game. Um, when Quinn Ewers plays, this offense is different, and uh, he, he he's starting to hit his stride, feel comfortable at Texas. B. John Robinson, he's he's run the ball like we all thought he would. Um, you know, I think Texas wins uh, handily in this game. I think they cover that six and a half spread. Okay. Moving on here, let's go number seven, Ole Miss, on the road at LSU. Who's on rank? Sorry. Yeah, um, I'm I'm trying to find the spread here. Uh, <laughs> game uh, ESPN took it down. Did they? Yeah. So. Uh, All right, I'll go ahead and make my pick because I just don't think LSU is very good. So give me Ole Miss. All right. Well, I'm picking this one for an upset. I'm going to take LSU. Um, All right. Just looking at looking at the records. Um, Ole Miss has only has only played one ranked team, and you know they beat Kentucky, but um, I don't know if Kentucky's that great either. 
Um, yeah. Ellis, you know, LSU, you look at their two losses. They're both by one point to, uh, to Tennessee, understandable, and uh, FSU. So, um, and that was early on in the season. So, I'm, I'm taking LSU in the upset at home. All right. So, LSU's favored by two at home. You over under 68. Um, I, I, I'm agreeing with everything you said, but Brian Kelly's a fraud in big games. <laughs> I think this is a big game. Um, so, uh, give me Lane Kiffin. And then I think that we're on a collision course uh, again for November 12th when the Ole Miss and Alabama play for the SEC East. So, uh, give me the Rebels. Okay. And the last game we had to throw in the the Big Ten, of course. Uh, we've got Minnesota, who's four and two and unranked, um, at number sixteen, Penn State. Penn State favored at home by four. Uh, over unders forty four and a half in Happy Valley, seven thirty ABC. I believe this is the whiteout. Okay. Um. With it being a night game, I don't care if it's white out, black out, whatever maroon or uh, <laughs> dark blue color they are. I don't care what out it is. Um, give me the Nittany Lions at home. I think they bounce back big. I'm agreeing with you, Brett. Um, I'm taking Penn State here. I think that that. You know, just defensive wise, I think that they're going to handle Minnesota pretty good, and hopefully their offense can uh, can look better than they did against Michigan. So, so question yeah. for you guys: Do you think do you think Penn State's offense was that bad, or Michigan's defense was that good? Watching that game last week, knowing what Sean Clifford is and does, uh, I believe that Penn State's offense is that bad until they get someone else in there after this eight-year stint that he's had in college. <laughs> um. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think maybe okay. I made it, uh, Michigan's defense a little bit. And maybe it's just because they hadn't really played anybody up to this point. Um, so I think they're better than maybe what I thought. But um, I think it was – I think the offense wasn't very good either for Penn State. So, um that's how I'll answer that. I, I think it was a little bit of both. Here's a question for you guys. How big of a how big of an idiot does James Franklin look like for starting Sean Clifford ahead of Will Levis and letting Will Levis leave Happy Valley? Um hindsight he looks pretty dumb. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I mean I mean me and you were at that game in twenty nineteen. Uh, yeah. when Penn State came to Ohio State chance for the Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. And their offense was sputtering. Clifford goes out with the injury. Levis comes in and scores two touchdowns, and then we had a game again. So yeah. I thought 2019 he was a dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I don't know. Maybe there's something we, we didn't see that day that he showed, he showed at practice. I don't know. Yeah. You, you never yeah. know. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, looking at it now, he's probably thinking, man, I wish I had that guy. Yeah, as yeah. a coach, though, man, it's it's hard to to give, you know, you put all your ba- all your eggs in, in the basket of, of Clifford, you know, for, for years, and it'd be hard to turn your back on him, you know, thinking that, you know. Yeah. That he'd, be the, he'd be, he'd be, you know, 
he could hold that spot until Levis was ready. So, yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take Penn State as well. Uh, Minnesota has kind of bummed me out this year. I thought they could legitimately, you know, win the West and still up for grabs. But I thought they would have a better season with Ibrahim being healthy and Morgan coming back for his eighth year. But uh, <coughs> so they they've kind of upset me. So I'm gonna take the Nittany Lions at home in the wideout. Do you think every uh, <clears throat> Big Ten team has a an eight year player, Peyton? Tanner Morgan's been there forever. <laughs> well, he has. You know, you got you got to throw the COVID year in there. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, Ohio State is the only team that sends people to the league every year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. All right, any other games we want to talk about? Well, let's let's talk about the Buckeyes real quick since we got Jeff here. Peyton and I will probably talk about it a little later. But, uh, Jeff, what do you think of the Buckeyes this weekend? Iowa's offense is just so bad. I, I, I mean, if they score any points, I would consider that a victory for Iowa. So, I think Ohio State rolls pretty easy. Yeah, the line's 29, Jeff. Uh, the over-under's 49. If you want that over under, if you want to take the over, that means you're wanting Ohio, Ohio State's got to score 49 points. Yeah, I was going to say Ohio State needs 50 to get the over. Yeah, yeah I, I think it, it's probably going to be pretty lopsided. It should, I mean, it should be, shouldn't it? I mean, what do you, you think? think? Yeah, I, but this is the nation's top defense versus the nation's top offense. So, well, that's I was going to say. It, Unless there's a couple of turnovers early and they let Iowa hang around. I mean, hopefully they can just put the dagger in Iowa right away and, and we're moving on to next week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I see team up north took a bye in their JV schedule. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. We won't really talk about anything else. Unless you guys ready to move on? Let's go to Friday Night Lights. Let's That's move. Good. Let's go. Week ten, Friday night lights, the regular season finale. Um, let's go ahead and start in the GMC. Um, let's, let's save the big one for last. Yeah, we will. All right, we're gonna start with um, the Airsville Pilots at the Fairview Apaches. Uh, I believe Airsville is gonna come in. Hungry taste in their mouth after taking the L and have one last weekend. I think they roll Fairview and uh, Fairview goes ten. Man, those seasons are long. I feel for those kids and uh, their coaches over there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think Fairview is going to roll over. You know, it's their last their last game. You know, especially the seniors. But I I think they're ready for the season to be over with. You know, they're they'll put in full effort. But I think in the end, Airsville's just just better and they're gonna they're gonna roll pretty easy. Yeah, not only not only that, Jeff, you bring up a good point, they're not gonna roll over, but you think you know they're ready for the season to be done. I agree with that. Um but the one thing I'll say about Ayersville is, you know, they they kinda let one get away last week, maybe. Um yeah. Peyton Peyton called it earlier on. I'll give Peyton full credit. Um he made mention that Wayne Trace was going to get one of those quote unquote big games of uh, Antwerp, Sonora, Ayersville, somebody like that. Um, yep. I and, think when I was on the pod last time, I, I said the same thing. When I picked yeah. them to be Antwerp, I said, they're going to get one of those guys. And I thought it was going to be Antwerp. 
I was I was off by a couple weeks. Yeah, you did say that. I do remember that. I'm glad you pointed out. So yeah, I, I just think Ayersville is probably pretty ticked off. Um, they let one get away. That you know they're going to roll in this one. I think they come out early, put it away, and then get the running clock, and everybody gets out of there healthy. Hopefully, um, give me obviously the pilots on the road. <clears throat> Next one, let's go. Tenora at Hicksville. Uh, Tenora picked up a big one last week uh, mm-hmm. as they welcomed in the Edgerton Bulldogs. Hicksville, they picked up a nice win. Uh, they finished. They're going to finish two and eight. Uh, a lot better than I mean, better than last year. But uh, you know, they're still going to keep building under Lucas Smith. But I got the Rambos. And uh, are they in the playoffs right now? Are they secured, or do they have to win this week? Tenora, yeah. Let me yeah, – well, yeah, Tenora, why you wouldn't be talking about Hicksville? I'm sorry. That was a stupid question. So, with their win last week, that put them in the 10 spot. Okay. Um, and according to Joe Idle and, and, you know, his page, they have control own destiny by their name. And what, and then it has another column um, where it kind of – it says possible seed ranges um, with a win would put them anywhere – between seven and 16 uh, with a loss puts them nine or out. So wow. to me, it's, it's kind of a must win for them. And I think they get it done. So uh, you don't know where they're going to be seated at. It probably depends on what happens with everybody else around them. You know, teams like Genoa and, and Delta, Otsego, um, even maybe teams in front of them. So, uh, Liberty Benton depends what they do. So right now, Rams sit at ten. Obviously, and I just think you know it's right there. Control on destiny. You win and you're in. So I think they're in. I, I just don't really know where they're going to fall. Uh, Peyton. So did you pick Peyton or not? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Rambos. Okay, you took the Rams, Jeff. I assume you're taking Tenora. Yep, I'm taking Tenora as well. I just think that their defense is too good and. Hicksville, same thing. You know, they're ready to get that season over with, too. Move on to next year. Yeah, they'll come out swinging, and Lucas Smith's going to throw every punch he has. But uh, at the end of the day, I think the Rams roll, and I, I think they they uh, finish their season 7-3 uh, and three and get in the playoffs and let the chips fall where they may. They might end up, you know, with like a – Archbold matchup somewhere in there, depending on where they fall. So, I, I mean, they might be able to hang around and, and get a playoff win. <clears throat> so, I'm going to take Tenor as well. Uh, moving on, let's go. Uh, the Antwerp Archers, number two in the state still in Division 7, at Edgerton. Um, I, I got to see Antwerp uh, firsthand uh, in person last week. Uh, for the first time, and uh, man, they're fast. Uh, Landon, they got studs all over the field. Um, but don't expect a expect a really good game. I believe if you had to put a spread on this game, I'd say one score or less. Um, you know, Edgerton's physical. They they let one go uh, last week, but uh, I think they come back home for senior night in battle. Uh, but I think the Antwerp Archers, uh, their their weapons on the perimeter and the outside. Just too much uh, for Brody Flagel's team, and I got the Archers finishing ten and zero. Yeah, I 
I'm taking Antwerp too, but it was real tempting to circle Edgerton on this, you know, being at Edgerton, you know, last game of the year there, um, you know, that atmosphere is, you know, it, it's pretty cool. You know, just the crowds right on top of you, you're down in that hole. Um, every time Wayne Trace goes there, it seems like it rains and rains a lot. Yeah. Um, but, but I think just Antwerp's, too good you know their defense is a lot better than what i gave them credit for um you know i i think their defense takes away takes away edgerton's quarterback makes him one-dimensional and and they uh they handle business yeah i agree um i think the archers win big um and and they've got they've got the gmc locked up boys with uh, everybody else having two conference losses or more. So um, I think they get their dudes in. I don't know, you know, how long they leave guys in. They obviously you want to complete the season and keep stuff rolling. But if you got guys on the verge of maybe have something lingering, you, you probably get them out. Um, but again, you want, you want some playoff seating here. So maybe you leave them in and you roll, but uh uh, I think the, the Archers win on the road, so give me Antwerp. Um, let's go to the last one in the GMC. You've got Wayne Trace picking up a big win last week, four and five now on the season. They go to Paulding, who is one and eight on the year. Okay, before before we talk about this game, uh, how mm-hmm. cool how cool would it be, guys? Uh, you know, you could put your input in. Um, that you know the NWC does it every week ten. You the schedule rotates, but they always leave the week ten games your your rivalry games. Now, me and you we talked about it before, Brett. But how cool would it be to have Wayne Trace and Paulding play week ten? If you're not gonna have it the week one, the the matchup, put it week ten. Don't let that game move around. And then we could also do that for the rest of the GMC. We could put Antwerp airs uh, Antwerp Hicksville. Um, Tenora Fairview or Tenora Ayersville, one of the two, and then Edgerton gets whoever Tenora, whatever rivalry Tenora doesn't want, and you make that like a trophy game. I mean, Tenora already has that with Ayersville, so I'd put that game in Week Ten. Edgerton Fairview put make that a trophy game, the Route Forty Nine game between Hicksville and Antwerp, and then you got the Black Swamp Bowl. I wish the GMC would do that. I go ahead, Jeff. I heard you mention it a couple pods ago, and I kind of like the idea, but I don't know. I mean, you're kind of leaving two teams that don't match up, you know, real well at the end. I mean, if you want to make them rivalries, you know, they should be the natural. I, I don't know. I could go either way. I, I can I see what you're saying, but I could see it either way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be cool. But, again – Peyton, what do you think about this? So, Paulding leaves the Northwest Conference, and Lipsick Lipsick jumps in. So now Crestview and Lipsick are quote unquote rivals. And I don't I don't know that had they joined the conference that would be a rivalry. You know what I mean? So like right, but it just kind of to Jeff's point, like you do have the Wayne Trace Paulding. You've got the Tenora, Ayersville, Hicksville. I think you go either way with Antwerp or Edgerton. Um, but then you're kind of forced in the last one, maybe. And I don't, 
I don't know. Maybe, well, who does Fairview look at as a rival? Probably Hicksville. Yeah. So, I mean, the yeah, same county. Yeah, I just feel like you, you're leaving somebody out, maybe. Yeah. Um, you can make the argument that Wayne Trace Antwerp could be the, the rivalry game, too. Yeah. I think Peyton's point is because we play for a trophy. Sure, sure. Um, and then, obviously, the, the Tenora Airsville trophy. So. I don't know. I just this game cut like the the meeting, week one. It was just awesome. You know, football's back. It I drew, agree. It drew big crowds. I mean, and you just you just didn't know because you didn't have much film on each other. But you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I'm not disagree with anything you're saying. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know that it would work. I like and then, but you're right because in a couple years, I mean, this year next year is going to be week ten, right? Right, and then and then and then it rotates. So then it'll be week four, and then it's just like you're throwing that rivalry game. Now you start to conference with them, but you're still just kind of throwing them right in the middle of your schedule. I mean, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, <coughs> I'll go ahead and make my uh, uh pick. Okay. Um, with this game being week ten. You know, uh-huh. if you're Coach Minzy, you don't have to do much motivating. I think, you know, you're one and eight, but we talked about the other teams, you know, they want to get their season over. A lot of these football guys, they don't play basketball. Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, they're just locked in for this week. You know, they, they know what's at stake and they know the rivalry. Um, and uh, I think, you know, Paulding's got to find a way to do it somehow. So uh, here we go. Get the pan, get the Panther roar going. Take, give me the Panthers and uh, give me them winning big. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you knew that was going to happen, Brett. I know. Go ahead, Jeff. Make your pick. All right, I I'm going the other way. I I can't go against my Raiders. Um, you know, after after the big win, you know, I think that they keep it rolling. They roll into the playoffs and and then see what happens. Um, you know, I I'm sure. Paulding's going to have every trick play and they're going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at Wayne Trace. And I hope, I hope Wayne Trace does the same thing. You know, it, hopefully they're not playing not to lose, you know? So, um, but I think in the end, Wayne Trace, you know, with that defense, they're, uh, they're going to get the win. Okay, boys, I'm going to tell you something here. Not only is this a big rivalry game, and not only do I think Wayne Trace is just a little bit better, okay, Peyton, but the Raiders are sitting at 15 right now in a playoff picture, okay? And if you look by their name, control own destiny. So that means winning you're in, and right here it says, with a win, they're placed 14 to 16. So you're in with a loss, 15 and out. You cannot take a chance on losing this game. Um, With all that being said, I think Jeff is completely right. Paulding is going to throw everything at Wayne Trace. And they're going to come out with a lot of fire. It might start off close. I think the Raiders pull away. And maybe that's just me being a little bit of a homer here. But I think Wayne Trace gets the job done because 
they want to play week 11 and and here you go they're four and five they have a chance to finish five and five get in the playoffs and let's see what happens week 11. so give me the ratings peyton you have anything to say back to that or are you good uh no i'm just no, <laughs> we're, we're one and eight you have nothing to lose wayne trace has everything to lose Come play the the Joker. Come play the spoiler. I understand. Come, come to home field. Come to the Keezer hey, field. I hear you. It's at home. It's your last game at home as a senior. It's your last game playing with those guys. I hear you. I think they're yeah. going to play. If the Raiders don't come ready to play, then then Paulding's going to win the game. I don't I think mean, we. I don't think we have to talk about kids not coming ready to play on both sides, though. I don't either. I'm just saying, if Wayne Trace is overlooking them, is overlooking Paulding, then that's a problem, and and they shouldn't be because you have everything sitting right in front of you. I guess is what I'm getting at. Right. So, and and knowing our guys, I don't think that's going to happen. And I, Jeff would probably agree with that. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I I think Peyton, you just gave Paulding's head coach's speech right there. But, uh, you know, Brett just gave Wayne Trace's answer. And it's like, guys, you need to be ready. You, you can't just think that they're going to roll over. They're going to they're gonna be ready to go. Yeah. And, and, and I agree. I think Wayne Trace will – I mean, Wayne Trace wants this. I mean, you know, there's, there's a streak going. Those, those seniors don't want to be the team that loses to end that streak. You know, I, there's pride there. Yeah. But on the flip side, Peyton, you probably have – I mean – the, you, those guys probably want to be the, the the seniors that break that streak. Yeah, yeah. And what will this be? Twelve? I think so. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I think. Yeah, my senior year would have been ten. Okay, eleven, twelve, thirteen. This yeah, this year's twelve. Yes, this will be twelve. This will be twelve. I mean that. I mean that's a big deal. That's a big deal. But I tell you this: different sport, basketball. There was a time Wayne Trace had won like ten in a row, I think, and you know played at Paulding, and and the Panthers came roaring and got the job done. So I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying with everything we've got the table set here, like Wayne Trace gets it done. But I'm rooting for Luke. That's right. Rooting for Luke, fifty-one on the field, number one in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough about the GMC. Let's move to the MAC, and we've got a big one. You've got number one in Division Six, Marion Local Flyers, traveling to Coldwater to take on number one in Division Five, the Coldwater Cavaliers. This is going to be a dandy. Uh-huh. Uh, who do you got in this one, Peyton? Uh, what's the what are we going to make the over under for the 50 50 guys? Isn't Ooh. it? It's just outrageous every year, ain't it? Yeah, it's got to be in you know what 15,000 15, maybe. Oh, Jeff's saying fifth. Let's go ahead. Let's, let's... I mean, Van Wert had a 10,000 one earlier this year. I don't yeah. think they're going to let him show him up. Jeff says fifteen. It's it's gonna be awesome weather Friday what you, night. 
Yeah, it's going to be great weather. I think it's going to be in the 12 to 13 range. 12 and a half. 12 and a half. I'll split you. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go 13,740. Well, then I'll but, take you over. Peyton can take the under and one of us will be right. <laughs> Now, I'd rather just have the ticket, Jeff. <laughs> I'll split that with you. How's that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but uh, this is gonna this is gonna be a whale of a ball game. Uh, uh, from you, from what I know about Marion local, uh, I can't pick against the Flyers. So uh, give me the Flyers, and then let them start their uh, winning streak to go win another state title. Yeah, when I when I looked at, I mean, obviously they're both undefeated, and I I instantly kind of leaned towards cold water just because it was at home. But then I started looking at the scores of the games, and Marion Locals defense, holy cow, they they shut out. Let me see where I got this. They they have six shutouts for the year, mm-hmm. and they've only given up thirty points all season long. Mm-hmm. So I think you know that alone, you know, and. Coldwater's coming off two big games that, you know, one was overtime, another one was a close game with New Bremen. Um, I think I think Marion Local's defense just shuts them down and, and they take the win. Okay. I was back and forth, and then I did the same thing Jeff did. And I started looking at scores, and I noticed Marion Local's defense. And Oh my gosh, this is going to be a great game. Um, but I think I'm going to take the Flyers on the road to get the job done. So give me Murray Local. So we're all on board with the Flyers. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, hope that one pays off for us. Honestly, that game, <laughs> either way. I mean, I really, I really think so. You throw the scores and records out the window, and you got everything riding on this game. Wow! Oh yeah, you talk about a rivalry too. You know, this is gonna be good. I can't wait. Um, Jeff, are you heading anywhere to watch some games this Friday? I'm gonna try to make it down to Paulding or up to Paulding and uh, and watch that game. So. It all depends on how the the farm season goes. I might be in the fields. If not, I'll be, I'll be at the football field. One of the two, I'll be in a field. <laughs> how fitting for joining the Across the Field podcast. Well, there you go. <laughs> hey, Jeff, not to put you on the spot, but you're a baseball guy. Who's going to go to the World Series? Boy, I, San Diego's been so hot, but Philly Philly shut them down last night. So I. I'm liking the Phillies right now. I mean, I don't know. I think whoever I think whoever comes out of the NL is going to win it all. So, okay. man, I hope I hope because I can't stand the two teams in the AL that it's left. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Maybe maybe it's more of my hope, but I both of those NL teams are playing are playing outstanding baseball right now. Jeff, I thought you were a Yankees fan. No, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> that that's one of the other coaches. So. Uh, I got to hear we were talking last night. So, oh man, that that game should have played been played Monday. Man, what game? Yeah, the Yankees. 
Okay. Major League, Major League trying hold to on, save them. Hold, they... hold on. Hold on. I've got a huge problem with this. Okay. And I thought about this when, this when it came out last week. When the schedule came out 10 days ago about when this when the series was going to happen, right? They started on Tuesday. The Yankees and Guardians started on Tuesday. In New York, took a day off on Wednesday. We're supposed to play Thursday. That got rained out. So now game two is not till Friday. What do you guys think about that? Number one, why would you give a day off when you're in the same city? Like, I can understand a day off for, like, a travel day. Do you guys, I mean, do you have any input on that? If if both games are, are at the same place, you, I mean, I'm sure TV had something to do with it. They wanted to broadcast all the games, right? I'm sure, too, but it just honked me off the game. Now, with the rain out, I mean, they had to, I don't know. You're probably right. The TV had something to do with it, but you played Tuesday. We're supposed to play Thursday. Both games in New York. And then Thursday gets rained out, and you don't play game two till Friday. And so that that ticked me off from the get go. It's whatever Aaron Boone said to MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right, I didn't want to get on a Yankee scandal. I just want to know what. Uh, Why do you what, think they should have played Monday? I I, I don't know. It's, you think they should have? Did it want it? You I was just asking Jeff for his opinion for. Oh, yeah. I I think with the rainout thing, it, there's pros and cons for both teams, but it seemed like it did benefit the Yankees a lot more than than the Indians. So, yeah, it did. They didn't. Then, the Guardians didn't even have a place to stay. They had checked out of their hotel. Yeah, I heard that they had to split up into multiple different hotels. <laughs> That's something we do to Boston typically. <laughs> oh well, I don't know, but. I, it, I agree. Maybe they should. I don't know, Peyton. That's my point. I don't know about this past Monday, but the whole thing to me that ticked me off from the get go. Playing Tuesday and Thursday, and then Thursday gets rained out. So Tuesday, Friday. So at one point in the last eight days, New York had only played one game, and so I felt like the Guardians had the upper hand. Maybe you guys disagree with me, but. Guardians kind of had an upper hand because they had already been playing and been rolling. You know what I mean? That's a long time to sit. Yeah. Yeah, but it gives your arms a chance to rest. I mean, it, like I said, there's pros and cons both. <laughs> it, I, yeah, I, would rather right. keep, I, I would rather have kept playing, you know, like the Indians, you know, just keep rolling and stay hot. But, you know, if a team's struggling arm-wise and needs to get healthy, then that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I got all ticked off there. <laughs> I'm just I was just fired up when when I saw that initially. I was gonna bring that up last week. But slipped my mind. Anyway. Um <clears throat> anything else you guys want to talk about? Peyton nope. let Jeff go. Nope. Thanks for joining again, Jeff. Congrats on the win. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. Okay. Uh, Jeff with 11 wins and man, Jeff, let's, let's throw away, hold on, Peyton. Let's talk about this one again, Jeff. Let's throw away the rivalry between coach Ryan Jerome and Russell love muscle. These people better be coming after Jeff because <laughs> I was wondering if you were keeping a season total. Well, I'm, I'm not, but just looking back, even last week, you lost by one. Um, 
or you, the week before you had lost by one. The winner had 12. You had 11. So I would say if we add it all up, Jeff's in the lead by far. Yeah. By far. And he's definitely kicking my tail. And Peyton put up <laughs> a just terrible number last week. So my fandom def- got in the way last week. <laughs> you're definitely kicking him. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, thanks again, Jeff. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see if we can have you on for uh, a third time. Well, hopefully. We'll see. (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks, guys. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Thanks. We appreciate that. Yep. Have a good one. Yep. Talk to you guys later. Yep. Made to Achieve Cleaning Service is looking for more clients in the Paulding and Defiance areas. They specialize in residential, business, and RV cleaning. They are insured. They provide all supplies and equipment. All you do is provide the mess. Their goal is to achieve your clean home dreams. Check them out on Facebook at Made to Achieve or their website at www.madetoachieve.com. We're here with Paulding head football coach Jim Menzi. Coach, how you doing this evening? Doing great, sir. Good, good. Uh, coach, I'm going to start off. I'm going to ask you this. How did you get involved um, with coaching, where, where did your coaching career start? Well, coaching career started, uh, graduated here in Paulding and then, uh, got divorced of course, and then, uh, moved to Fort Wayne. Um, one bright sunny day, I decided to, I want to continue my football career. So I went to, and I joined, uh, the river city rhinos, semi pro football team of Fort Wayne. Um, it was already mid season. So, with a guy named Gary Cornwell, and he started the Allen County Explosion, which I ended up buying the next year. So they're turning the venture of owning a semi-pro team, head coach, defensive coach, all that good stuff. Um, played for Eric. Didn't do too well the first year. Only had about 18 guys. Ryan was folded. Come back the next year, went from about 24 to about 70 pretty darn quick. Um Played, I played two, actually played two of them. I, mean, I played for the Rhinos and the Explosion kind of, Rhinos were on the verge of folding, so we went about it. Um, actually, the Explosion, I, had, I got uh, ended up winning back-to-back championships. Um, been to the Vegas Bowl, um, second round of the national playoffs. So I kind of did that. Went over to help Elmhurst coach in Fort Wayne, uh, linebacker coach there uh, for one season. Thought I loved it. You know, just didn't know what I wanted to do. So, uh, went and played for the, uh, the Blitz. And in the Blitz, we won another championship, MFL championship. So, I had three championships under my belt there. Um, kind of come back to Fort Wayne. <clears throat> toying around. Uh, Alan Connie, uh, the Fort Wayne Cardinals. I coached them. We did very well. We didn't win the league by any means that year, but we did very well. Um, branched off, played for the Flyers, several different Fort Wayne teams, and then uh, had a little stint with uh, Allen County Lions, uh, offense coordinator. Um, won our league again, went to the second round of the Nationals. So, been kind of looking back, watching home back here in Paulding, kind of figuring out, you know, what's going on. I didn't see the intensity factor I wanted to be at with it. And so, I was kind of toying again. I started my own semi-pro team again. Um, you know, we did the, the Fort Wayne Wolverines uh, first year, uh, about 750. Uh, last year, went, ran the roost on the league, 
went down to Miami, <clears throat> number two team in 3A in the nation. I got beat, of course, came back. I said, you know, my wife and I were like, what do you want to do? And I was like, you know, we're foster parents. And I said, I don't know. Let's go look for a house in Paulding. So packed up, kind of like the old Beverly Hillbillies, packed up and went to Paulding and found a house. And <laughs> I get a I get a phone call one day and um, actually it was Daniel Miles. He called. He was interested in running the program here in Paulding. He asked me if I wouldn't come to defense coordinator. And I said I'd help him. I know Daniel for a lot of years. And then uh, Steve Farrell called me and said, hey, look for a defense coordinator. And I said, well, you, you already know the fit. So I come over here. First couple of weeks, I met the boys. I said, I'm going to meet them first. Went to the high school. They shook my hand. I passed out paper, shook my hand. Parent meeting. Yes, sir. I said, this is home. I, I can do this. You know, I didn't want to come back to, you know, a bunch of negative kids. And But, you know, there there's some good kids here. And I, I thought I could bring the culture back. So that's how I did it all. Yeah, that's awesome. I, Peyton, before you ask it something here, I've, I've got a follow-up. So, um, you know, you, you mentioned all that. And, you know, so Steve calls you and he wants you to be a D coordinator. And obviously, you know, we, we're not going to dive into any details, anything that happened, what, what's done yep. is done. But you had, no, you had no intention of coaching, you know, being the head coach. And that all got – that kind of got thrown on you real quick. So what was that kind of transition like there? Well, one thing about <clears throat> about me, you know, I've always I've always been around kids. I love kids. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you become a foster parent, so you got to be able to have the transitional mind to help. So, you know, and you give thanks to God for for doing that part. But you know, when you get over here, and I mean, I'll tell you, like, first time I met Jack Woods, I was like Jack Woods, and Joe played several years underneath me. And uh, so I text Joe. I say, hey, I got your boy in the weight room. He says, oh, hell yeah, it's ready to go. So we were laughing. My grandson's Miguel. He plays center. And I've been working with him pretty much because, you know, when I was a young kid, seventh grade, uh, Jim Eifert was, uh, used to be the center for the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. So he taught me a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of good info on that stuff. So I knew a lot about it. So I started helping Miguel. Got the latex bands out, got him some speed, got him some strength. But I went in the weight room. <clears throat> There's a lot of kids that couldn't bench. And I'm not taking nothing away from the school program or previous coaches, but, you know, I got it. I mean, hell, Jack was sitting roughly 245 right in that area. <clears throat> Miguel was sitting 220. Dawson Lamb was up there. Shoff was up there. But, you know, when we uh, we got done, we did our little lift-a-thon. You know, Jack was over 300. Dawson's over 300. Shoff was creeping on 300. Miguel was sitting at about 245. Wow. A good start. I had a, a lot of kids that are up there. Damien Iliff went from uh, out of nowhere to 405 squat. <clears throat> you know, the kids are believing in themselves. And I, and that's the first thing I told them, I said, you know, all you got to do is believe in me. I said, you know, if I don't know it, I'm going to find out. But, you know, one thing is I, I'm, I'm a leader, so. I don't believe in just becoming a dictator. I want to be a leader. Tell them to get after them what they got to do. So it was a very good transition. Get to meet the boys. I was coming up on Fridays. You know, that was my test to see who's out there on practice. You know, we had a lot of kids, you know, running and doing some, some workouts. So that was a very good transition. That's how I came up here to get, you know, get to know. And what's ironic is, then, you know, Luke, I was sitting there and I didn't realize – you know, Bill's dad was a water boy when I played. So 
we were we were laughing. I was like, "Gosh, damn boy, I must be getting old if I got Waterboy's kid on my team." <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he's he's a great guy. Uh, a lot of great people here in Paulding. I mean, I, you know, my wife, you know, I said it's like Mayberry. You know, it's coming back home. So I come back here, and you know, my daughter had the restaurant uptown. So and it was kind of an ongoing joke that I come up on Sundays. You know, we'd help out, just kind of do a family thing. And people say, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm moving back here. I'm coming to Mayor." So I had people like, "Are you really coming to Mayor?" I'm like, "Hell, I didn't know I was coming to head. I didn't know I was coming to head coach either." But I thought you'd just give a joke. Good. So you know, I got some of my friends and people were like. Gonna print shirts off like the next mayor, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, <laughs> I'm a I'm a jokester. I, I love comedy. So, you know, when I come over here and I see some of these kids, I was like, you gotta laugh. You gotta laugh at these kids. But you know, they actually humbled me quite a bit. You know, so it's it's been a great great transition for me. Coach, <clears throat> coach, you were on the 1988 Paulding Panther team, and people at Paulding talk about that team like the '85 Bears. Um, Damn what, right should. You know, what was playing under Coach Caserta and uh, the guys that you were with on that team, like Rob Kessler and Max Eifred? What, like, how did that start you become a coach and propel you for your career? Well, I tell you, I just had a, <clears throat> we just had a little heart to heart with a few boys after practice tonight. We had Coach Bickford, myself, um, Luke, no, excuse me, I had uh, Jack, Kobe, and Matty Bale was in there, and they were all talking about it, you know. So, of course, you know, old Bill. You know, Mr. My Mr. Stat guy, oh, Bill Beck, he's been my stat guy. Brought my my old sheets out, man. I was I was kind of laughing and stuff, but the boys kept thinking, man, you guys are big, you guys are big. And I said, look, threw it on the table and danced. Look at it, you guys are bigger than we were. He's like, what? You're BS. And I said, man, look at it. I said, here I am at 198 pounds. Max is sitting about 190 pounds. You know, I said, but I'm gonna tell you right now, boys. I said, Caserta, he made you believe in the system. You know, we, we didn't have, we, we had about the same numbers, you know, but we hit the weight room. We, we played, but I was telling the boys that, you know, when we was in fourth and fifth grade, we'd be out there at recess. And I mean, you know, you're dreaming about being Ronnie Lott. Some of you come across the mill, you, you try to take your life from them. And that's how we were outside playing and in recess. I go, but we held each other accountable. All the guys that I play with, <clears throat> I got mad love still for today because, you know, I go to, I've been in the city, I've been here. And it's just, we have this, this brotherhood that, you know, never changed. I remember leaving for two days, I was telling the boys and we might go over to Dave Sluss's house or the Vogels and we still broke each other down saying, Hey, you know, what did you do wrong here? So we never quit practicing. And that's where, you know, we got done. It was a, it was still brotherhood, you know, and you get emotional you know, and I think about stuff because I think back in my days and I told the seniors, I go, <clears throat> I use the book as an example. I said, you got one more chapter. You got a, you got 10 chapters in this book each week. I told them this. And I go, it's coming closer. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, now it hit in tonight. I was like, the 10th chapter to this book for the 2022 season is going to come to end. You got to write it. Let me know how you want to do it. And I said, I'll sign it. I'll sign the back for this at the end. And I said, just, and I said, but I looked at the juniors and on down, I said, but this is the beginning of you. I said, the seniors got to end. So, you know, Caserta, you know, Stoller, Lytle, Bo Parrish, I mean, Mark Wooten, all those guys, I mean, they, they believed in us, you know, and that's the thing that we, we never, we never had to worry about because we was held accountable. And that's, I was trying to explain that to the boys this year. I go, we didn't have cell phone distractions. I said, we didn't have very much going on. I said, you know, we had farming, we, after a manual, you know, bail hay, 
but the thing is we hit the weights and we played together. That's, that's the biggest component. Coach, what's one favorite memory from that season? <clears throat> what favorite memory from that season? Man, I tell you what, it, this is this is gonna this, this shocked me still today. I remember when uh, I had the Allen County uh, explosion and Lima Warriors. We went over to play them. Well, we went over to play Ada. We was getting beat six zero, and this this one kid was just kind of running the roost on us a little bit. And Caserta walks up to me and Lytle says. You're going to be on this kid. If that kid breathes, you better be on top. I mean, there's a few extra words added in there. I won't say on here, but, <laughs> but you know, we come off that thing. Of course, everybody that plays with me knows that I'm I'm a I'm a shit talker. So I come out there, we get done out there, and I said, you better you better look in the mirror because it's going to be a long night. I said, I'm going to take every shot I can on you. I said, you ain't coming off the line. And I, I beat his tail pretty bad. But <laughs> at, at halftime, Caserta walks over, and he was so mad, he kicked the sink. And we looked over, and there's this cleat mark on it. You know, those he had his damn little turf shoes on. <laughs> we go back 20 years later. I'm in Ada. I go in there, and I look over, and I get the cold chill. I look over, and the same sinks there, same same cleat mark. And I was like, <laughs> "Good God, this is you know <laughs> brings back memory." But you know, that's that's the stuff that happened. You know, I mean, it, it's it's the same thing I tell the boys. You know, when when Barry Lytle looked at you, or Caserta, or Stoll, or any of them, and you knew you did wrong, you ran. So that's how I do these boys. I don't have to tell them to run. They hold each other accountable. And that's what I'm trying to bring back to this team. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, let's, Peyton, you got any more about, about that? or you? Nope, uh, no, we can talk about this year's team. Okay, let's go. Uh, you got a big one coming up Friday night with the county rival uh, with the Raiders. Uh, let's talk about that game. Uh, what what concerns you the most about Wayne Trace? Well, if you guys know me, you're going to eventually get to know me quite a bit. One thing I don't do, I don't worry about too many people. And the thing is, I try to put that mindset that they better worry about us. The thing is with these young kids, and they haven't had the, the switch turn on yet, is that I keep telling them, you got 11 kids out there, but they're not playing on one accord. Until they learn to play on one accord, nobody's going to fear your dominance to get them. We have seven of 11 playing at one time. The things are, I mean, they're a passing team but I don't think they can keep up with my defensive speed. Um, we, we get off the line. I mean, the offensive line this year is blocking phenomenal. So, you know, I mean, we got plenty of time. We just got to be able to get, you know, five for Hunt, get them locked in and say, hey, man, settle back down there. Let's throw the ball. You know, Dawson Lamb, Jesse Schaefer can run the ball. You know, I come over here and, you know, George Farrell put the, he put the formations in he did, and I was like, you know what, I'm going downhill. And my defense is running downhill. I'm switching. It took me about four games in. I said, you know what, we're running the eye. The eye just gives the quarterback that much more time. Not only that, but the kids can see better. They can see what's developing. You know, the other teams out there, I mean, there hasn't been really a team. I mean, and we're bloated up the box on us, seven guys. We still we still try to run it down our throat. I don't I don't think anybody in this league, and I'm just and I might sound arrogant, but my DB is phenomenal, my linebacker's phenomenal. We're working very hard on our D line. We got some subjects there we got to work on, but individual people, they're doing a great job. Offensive line, I mean, I couldn't ask for a bunch of better kids. You know, every everybody's good, but just the numbers factor is getting them. That's why we had to condition to make sure that they're able able to step up to the plate and play four quarters instead of giving it for the half. 
Coach, I, I talked to you earlier this season. You're uh, talking about your young guys. Um, you have you have very few seniors, but you have a lot of young guys coming up. Let's talk about you know Blake Roanhouse had to step in and play uh, major minutes as a freshman. Same with Carter uh, Bayshore, uh, yep. Grady Barton, and then also with the sophomores, you know Jack Woods. Uh, you know the list goes on. Luke Beckman, Carter Evans. So don't forget about my hog, my, my grandson there in the middle. Yeah, yeah, Miguel. Yeah, Miguel. Yeah. <laughs> Pork chop. Pork chop. Uh, pork chop. I remember that when he was a young kid. It was, he's pork chop. So. Yeah, pork chop. Yeah, the fr- yeah, he's a freshman, right? Yeah, he's a freshman. But I want I come over here and I travel. My wife and I, we love sports. We love uh, musicals, stuff like that. We, we tour and, and drive around and, and watch it. But I come over. We come to every game of their uh, eighth grade year. And, you know, and I, I was talking to Coach Miles and, and uh, Dawson and those guys. And I said, look, they, they had their fingertips. I mean, they move them in. They do this. I filmed every game. I broke it down. I was telling coach, hey, man, this was going on. You know, they did their own thing too, but, you know, they kept saying, come down here. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to help out. But they had a great, great group of kids, great love. Um, Hunt of Roan House connection. You know, Carter Bayshore, you know, the connection. You know, then you look at Jared Manns. I mean, Jared Manns had a little surgery this year on his uh, kidney there. And, again, there's another connection that you don't see. Grady Barton, I mean, you got more and more Iliff can step in and do the things he does. So, I mean, do I feel comfortable? Yeah. I mean, that's the nucleus. That's what I was telling them is that, you know, then you got the eighth grade kids coming up on top of that. <clears throat> but really the coaches down there, again, props, they did a great job this year, but I think we got 14, 15 freshmen and we're probably going to have another 13 to 14 eighth grade coming freshmen. So yeah, the nucleus and the heart is going to be coming to the young kids and I'm trying to recruit, you know. So, hey, if you guys got any kids out there who want to play football, you, you send them over. We'll take care of that business too. <laughs> go ahead, Peyton. You got you got something else? No, you go ahead. Okay. Peyton went this quiet at the when I met him at the VFW. He's talking. <laughs> 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 well, again, Coach, I think you're doing a phenomenal job. Um, and again, you know, don't want to dive in to, to everything that happened, you know, kind of preseason there, but yep. you, you got thrown everything at you about a week or two before the season started. Um, actually at the week started as the week started. Yeah. Okay. That was the first, first actually official game that started. That's when, you know, the, everything went, went to a tornado spin, I guess you'd say. And the things are, you know, and, you know, I talked to, uh, AD, you know, Mr. Aaron, I said, Hey, you know, you know, Miles and I will co co-head coach this thing. And then he asked me to say, you know, we're going to have you step into it. I said, I got no problem with that. But again, you know, I'm a disciplinarian. The boys yeah. know there's time to laugh and joke. There's time to, to practice. So the boys transitioning. Um, I worked the O line and D line. That's what I have. That was my intentions to get them better. <clears throat> and I tell you, them boys, I mean, right out of the shoot, they, I mean, they probably ran 20 miles in the first couple, three weeks, but after that, they knew they could go in two and three. So they, they knew how to pull, they knew how to down block, they knew how to trap. The things are, you, you don't get that type of, you know, chemistry in that short period of time. So, you know, I was lucky to have 14, 15 kids that played O line and D line. So that, that actually helped this team gel faster than what most people think. They kept saying, you know, oh, the kid's dysfunctional. Well, the kids aren't dysfunctional in life. The kids just need to be taught. So you teach them. Every day we teach them. 
You know, my I think my favorite one of the bunch is, you know, Luke. He he, he keeps saying he's going to be a heart surgeon. Well, he's he's trying to. He needs to be a, a politician because he tries to debate everything we talk about, but he definitely knows what he's supposed to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Luke. Yep. But every one of them's got the great personality. Everyone chimes in and fits in, you know, I mean, you, you couldn't ask for any better on your, on your tackles. I mean, I had Vinny Cantu out there. Vinny was doing his thing, but you know, I'm, I'm always challenging. I'll give kids challenge and Luke, he said, I can do it. And I, I kept, you know, picking on Luke. And I said, man, I said, I'm not used to you being in this spot. You're always smiling, standing in the background. I said, you're going to get a, your forehead's going to get sunburnt because you, you haven't had a helmet on very much this year. So he gets out there and he starts doing it. Man, very impressed me. You know, Shaw, definitely doing it. You know, Kobe and Jack, I think I got probably two of the fastest, strongest guards in the GMC by any means. And, of course, you know, Porkchop don't have no speed, but – He's got to make sure that ball gets in that quarterback's hands. That's all has got to happen. Yeah. Coach, uh, you have a great senior class. You guys like Dawson, Lamb, and, you know, the list goes on. How – your first year coming back to Paulding with that such great senior class, what have they done, you know, to help you with this first year? Well, it helped me deflect. I, I tell them this all the time. I mean, Braden is a very outstanding young man. He's got some leadership capabilities going in the Marine Corps. I, I praise him for that. Um, you know, he goes out there, at, you know, the wide out, comes in at tight end, plays safety, not afraid to come down and crack a running back. You know, Dawson Lamb, every every coach wants 25 Dawson Lambs, you know I mean? The kid were, were out there, and first time I see him, he's out there in his damn underwear, I think it was, but might have been a girdle. And we're, we're all done running them. We ran them the 4440s as part of the requirement. <clears throat> so we're going inside, the boys were like, you tired? Like, no, sir. You know, so they've been practicing. I look up and I said, what the hell's going on here? And there's Dawson Lamb doing another freaking 20 of them, I think. And the kid's motor just don't stop. So, and he's, he's an absorber. So he just keeps learning, learning, learning. So, you know, you, you go right down, you got Larson Yates. I tell you what, um, Larkin, I'm sorry, but he, uh, phenomenal kid. That's, he's kind of like, you know, your secret player. I mean, that kid does everything you ask him to do. Um, pulls out things that, you know, you, you wouldn't expect him to do. His speed, his hands. I mean, just a phenomenal kid. Vinny Cantu, same thing. You know, he's he's at the point where, you know, Vinny could play any position, but Vinny is, Vinny is just a big old teddy bear. You know, he's he doesn't get upset, you know, and that's what kind of makes him and I, we click. It's He's kind of my, I'm, I'm being more of the negative. He's the positive, you know, so. I look over and say, Vinny, you ain't whipping that kid's tail. He goes, I just can't get excited, coach. And I'm like, man, I want to make this kid run some 110-yard sprints here. But, you know, it's just – I know Vinny can get in and do what he's got to do. Nash, I mean, you can't ask for a better slot. And he's a safety. Nash, mine thinks he's a middle linebacker, but his body shows he's a safety. So, he's definitely phenomenal. Um, Nash is listening to this. you got to use your hands to catch the ball more, son. But – he definitely can uh, – he can probably run a drag better than most kids out there, and he comes in and puts the boom down. Um, probably one of the best long snappers I think I've seen in a lot of years too. He's got that definitely down to science. But the seniors have brought so much love and energy and accountability that you didn't have to go out and find your, your running back or your, your linebacker. You didn't have to go out and find a good slot or a good wide receiver. But, you know, when you, you look at it, you're losing three – 
three receivers, you know, you know, I think they're GMC contending, you know, first, first, uh, first team receivers there. They, uh, they bring a lot to it, you know, so it is pretty hard. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's, you're going to lose some loot, some loss on that things, but the upcoming freshmen and sophomores, they got some shoes they got to fill. Yeah. Coach, uh, you know, your record doesn't show it. I've, I've only seen you in person once, but I, you know, I've caught some games on my sports, went back and watched you're one and eight on the season, uh, but you've played some really tough games and, you know, maybe that's part of the process of everything you've got going on here. Um, but uh, just talk about your season a little bit and, and uh, things like that. Well, you know, I, I tell the boys, my, my favorite line to the boys, let's not look at wins and losses. Let's look at, let's look at plays. If you go back to Arlington, mm-hmm. I mean, them boys are passing out on the sidelines. We, we, we put it on them. I mean, we're, we're six plays away from winning that game. Yeah. You go to, you go to Spencerville. We was winning the game. They got in there. They thought they won the Super Bowl. You know, they come back out. They had six or seven plays. They messed up. I, I told the boys in life, I said, I'd rather lose by 40 than to lose by one because one is usually one play. The things are, they are capable of overcoming and they got the will to learn, the, the will to learn and will to win but they got to figure out how to put it all together to win consistent. I mean, when they, when we, we won at Fairview, I mean, definitely it, it shows they, they love to win. When we was winning versus Spencerville at home, they showed that they have the will to win and they want to win, but it's just, they got to learn to overcome it. I tell them the best analogy is they climbed up the side of the hill mountain. They've got to the top, but they haven't crossed over yet. They're still sliding back down. So every game, you know, if you look at the Amber game, <clears throat> the pick six, the punt return, all of a sudden, it's it's there again. I mean, I heard they got a little upset because of how we was coming back in the fourth quarter. But you know what? We threw the young kids in, and I'm 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 the person. I'm not going to give up until you see all them zeros across the board. I don't care if there's three seconds. We're still going to onside kick it. We're still coming. You know, I mean, go back to my era. I mean, we didn't we didn't get into the playoffs at 10 and 0 because we didn't have enough computer points. So, you know, it, it definitely leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Even, you know, 30 years later, you're still thinking about, you know, what if we would, if we wouldn't have let people score on us, you know, what if we wouldn't have put in the second string, but I told these kids, they have the heart to fight. They just got to learn how to win. Yeah. Coach, I don't have any more questions for you. Thanks for hopping on the pod. Uh, Brett, unless you have anything else. I've got one more. Yes, sir. Uh, so back in your day, you guys obviously didn't play Wayne Trace, right? They didn't want it. <laughs> they didn't want it. <laughs> well, that might be. But uh, so for you coming back, I mean, how much this week have you really brought up the, the rivalry? Well, my my thing was, you know, they asked me, the kids challenged me, like, what do you want? And I said, be prepared. We're going to this. We're going to the playoffs. And they're like, man, coach, you, I said, I don't, I don't believe in a little bit. I said, I bring a lot, you know, and they're like, you know, can, can you guarantee it? And I said, I guarantee the coaches are ready. How about you? So then, you know, we, we got a little bit of a literacy streak going on. I mean, just a little bit. And uh, next thing you know, I said, you know, you, you got to do it for your hometown rivalry. I mean, you got, you go to McDonald's and you got a Antwerp jacket on and you go to uh, Wayne Trace and they're over here in, in your, your area, you know, are you going to let this happen? And he, they're all like, you know, no, no, no. And it, it, they, it's a rivalry, but 
the thing is, I said, a lot of teams put us on the map as their homecoming, parents' night, stuff like that, because they thought we were just going to roll over. Mm -hmm. And I told them, you know, there, there's a lot of teams that, I mean, I've got a lot of positive report back from a lot of coaches at the end of the game, like, man, coach, you know, you brought it. Hey, coach, you know, you done this. They done this for these kids. I didn't do nothing. It, it's the kids did the work. I don't like to, I don't like being the one saying I take off responsibility. Other coaches put their effort in. All the kids put their time in. The parents are backing up the program now. The kids are backing up. They're believing in it. And the thing is, that's that's our motto is we believe. So, yes, there is a rivalry going on. But I told them this is the last, last thing. It's the last chapter. You know, how do you want to end this? You know, I, I feel last week we matched up with them. I did. I mean, I knew they had a run and gun, but I didn't think they could handle us on the run, our run. I didn't know if they could handle us with our defense. You know, I sent the dogs at him quite a bit. I gave that kid props to the world, that quarterback. He got rocked several times. But, you know, I mean, that's that's my aggressiveness. That's my what I, I bring to the table is that we don't back down from anybody and we're going to bring the heat because the quarterback can't set up if he's on his back. So, I mean, that's that's been these kids' motto. And, yes, they played a little bit reckless and a little bit with a little bit more character, aggressive character. But, you know, I told them, I'll take that. I didn't see it last year. <clears throat> I see it this year. The same kids. So, hopefully now you see a bigger thing coming, especially the new kids coming up. I just hope they get – they find a the love. One thing that I challenged them all, and they challenged me, is that I've got more kids that I – that don't even I've never met that come up and said they want to be in the weight room this year. Um, I mean, we're getting ready to, you know, end this season. We got to take like a month off and we're going to get back to them hitting them weights. What people didn't know when we went down for seven on seven <clears throat> and lineman drills and lineman things for the seven on seven, we competed. But one thing about our lineman, we went in there and Jack Woods got first place on the bench. Uh, Schaff come in second or third of one of them. You know, we went down to uh, underclassman Miguel got first. Uh, Jack Woods uh, got second in the tire tug. Um, we we had Schaff get uh, second place in the uh, uh, thrown over top of the bar, the the weight the weighted ball over top of the bar. You know, the linemen they came prepared. I I, I believe the heart and soul of this team is going to be them hogs up front. And that's 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 our motto. We're coming with heat, and we're bringing we're bringing the the boys out to play. And we're going we're going to try to win this thing. And next year, I tell them you're setting a foundation. Now we're getting ready to build the house on it. So the boys are they're growing, and I think they're going to bring something special this Friday, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right, Peyton, you good? Yep. Best of luck this weekend, Coach. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Thank best of luck, Coach. Coach, thanks again for joining us. Um, and again, we appreciate it. Peyton, that was an interesting interview there with Coach Menzi. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from that? I tell you what, I wish I was suiting up Friday night. I'm, I'm ready to run through a brick wall right now. Um, Coach Menzi, uh, he's got his guys believing in themselves, and, you know, they don't want this thing to be over. And, you know, like you said, this is the last chapter of the book. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure you can say every part about your last football game. I can too. Yeah. Um, with just a special uh, moment in your life that uh, you'll never forget. And then uh, for those underclassmen, you know, getting into this, um, 
I always said every year it gets harder and harder to tell the seniors goodbye. And uh, knowing um, Dawson Lamb, I got to play with Dawson and Braden. Uh, they played big varsity mints for us my senior year. And, uh, you know, Luke's, Luke's grade is, you know, they're sophomores to these seniors. And uh, they're start, they hang out with those seniors, you know. Dawson Lamb's over at the house all the time. And uh, it's really going to hit those sophomores and juniors and, you know, freshmen on that uh, – they're never going to get to suit up with the Dawson Lamb again. They're never going to get to suit up with Braden Sanders, Nash, Nash Shaler, Larkin Yates, Vinny Cantu, and the list goes on. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Coach Menzi had me ready to run through brick wall and big-time rivalry game. I can't wait for it Friday night. Yeah, real real nice interview we had there. He, he let his uh, character show a little bit and, and let his personality out, which I love. Yeah, and you yeah. understand why these kids love playing for him. Yeah. Um, another another coaches, you know, we've had a bunch of coaches on, and I'll tell you what, there's a lot of good coaches in the Green Meadows Conference. There are, there and, are, and uh, all still pretty young in their head coaching career. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know he's going to see success at Paulding. You know he's seen it before as a player, uh, going ten and zero, and um, so he knows what it takes and. Uh, I feel like, you know, things are going in the right, right direction. Yeah, I know you've only seen them one time in person, um, but uh, I've watched quality football for many, many years. And, uh, you know, the tackling and the blocking has gotten so much better this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's the foundation of your program. You know, you got to be able to, you know, when you talk about teams like Tenora, uh, staple teams in Northwest Ohio, Tenora, Liberty Center, that do it year after year, that just don't have, you know, a year that they're good. No, they do it year after year. Um, there you expect you they can run and they can tackle. Yeah. So yeah, that that's that's what you're trying to back to Paulding and I'm glad he's here. Yeah, so <clears throat> I wanted to do something. Um and I I didn't really give you a heads up on this, but with this being week ten, obviously your senior year, my senior year, neither one of us made the playoffs. Um well, your senior year you did, but then finished up with regular season games, right? Yeah. So let's let's talk just because of the COVID year, um, you know, everybody getting in. So let's let's go back and, um, if you don't mind, let's talk about your your very last game because I'm sure you remember everything, and then I'll do the same myself. Yeah. Um. You know, going back down memory lane, um, that that was a special night. I I don't believe there's it was kind of weird. Our, uh, my senior year, out of the five, out of the ten games we played, we only had school on five of those days. Yeah, um, which was nuts, and uh, so we didn't have school that day. So our our thing was we always, Coach Garrett Stoller, owner of Hybrid, now he would always open up the field and uh, we'd do a little walk through jog just to get your bodies moving. Then we'd go to the Paulding Pancake House and just load up on food. That was our breakfast that we did that. Every time we didn't have school, but uh, yeah, and then that game, it was it was a lot longer than four quarters. Uh, my senior year, my last game, mm-hmm. um, man, oh man, it was it was up and down. I believe they go down and score the first series, and then who are you playing again? We're playing Eden, who yeah. was six and four, uh, six and three at the time. Uh, we're two and whatever. Um, two and seven equals two and nine. seven. Yeah, two good. and seven. Good and, math. Uh, yeah, good math. 
anyway, <laughs> we're two and seven, and um, you know, we had fourteen seniors, and you didn't because of the COVID year, you didn't get the senior night where your parents walked you out on the field and everything, and mm-hmm. um, so not big crowd, and uh, Eden goes down hot knife through butter. They had a, a offense that was high powered under Bob Owen, and um, you know they go down score. And uh, we, we get the ball. We get inside their five. I threw a pick six. I was late on a route to Hunter Cowser. And uh, so, holy crap, it's the last game. You're down 14 nothing already. Um, and we, you know, we trade some scores. We go in at half. We're down. We're down two scores. And, um, you know, I've seen the writing on the wall before with some of the folding teams where, you know, you fold if you're down two scores at halftime. And, uh you know, we, we, we don't score right after half. They get the ball, and uh, we eventually score. Get uh, picks, uh, We pick off Drew Gallyhu, and then uh, we tie the ball game up. And then um, they go up eight, and we're on our last drive. And I remember this uh, vividly. Coach, we call timeout fourth and seven and uh, need a first down. And Adrian Manns comes on, runs a great in route. And – Hunter Cowser runs a great what we call team route is getting the guy open. He cleared the way. Adrian Mann's running on a quick uh, eight yards. We needed seven yard in, and then he goes down and proceeds keeps running inside the ten. We score, get the two point conversion, and then uh, we go to double overtime. Dayton Price made a big time catch in double overtime touchdown, and then uh, Fernando Garcia runs the ball, and that was it. You know, so those seniors had fingerprints all over that game, and Hunter Cowser. Um, Fernando Garcia, Caleb Manns, Adrian Manns, Dayton Price, the lineman, Quentin Gonzalez, Nolan Johans, Brent Hornish. So, yeah, I mean, there's no better way than going out on top. And uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, I've, we've watched that game over and over again because the de- the next day we had a teammate test positive for COVID. So we got, got while well, everyone else is in school, we're uh, out of school for uh, two weeks. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so uh, basketball season got postponed a little late. So, uh, I remember we weren't supposed to meet. Uh, that's when you're supposed to be quarantined. But uh, all of us, we couldn't be away from each other for two straight weeks. And I think we probably watched that eating game. If I had to put, if I had to guess, six times in those two weeks together. <laughs> that's a great, great memory. Um, I'll go back to mine. It was the fall of 2009. Um and how crazy is this? So we played Holgate our last game. So think about this. Paulding took Holgate's spot in the GMC now, right? Yep. So next year, Paulding will be at Wayne Trace week 10, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been out of school long enough for the GMC schedule to make a full rotation. You feel old? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's like that's like Coach Menzi saying, uh, you know, uh, dad was his water boy. Now he's coaching yeah. his kid. <laughs> that makes me feel old. The, the schedule's done a full rotation, but uh, yeah, I, you know, played Holgate week 10 at home. Um, it was raining sideways. It was cold. And I'm telling you, it poured. Um, the field turned into just, you know, mud all over. Um, we were on paper in great conditions. We were probably, you know, 
the way better team, probably three, four scores better. Um, I believe we won that game like 20 to six. Um, and I think that might have been, it might have been like 14 nothing, 14 six at halftime um, or 13, you know, something along those lines. Um, don't really remember the score that well. I remember, you know, it was just, it was raining sideways. It was awful. It was cold. Um, but man, it was a lot of great memories. I remember, you know, we just obviously both teams ran the ball um, the whole second half because after the first half, it was just so tore up. You couldn't really do anything. Um, and there was one time. So the offense we ran, we always, you know, we ran the uh, power O, uh, as Coach Speller called it. And uh, power O, where your quarterback was the size of a fullback. Yeah, yeah. DB, DB was a big dude. Yeah, and he's leading up through the hole. <laughs> he he makes the pitch and he leads up through the hole. But anyway, uh, we had our tight end to the right, which was Jason Gordon, um, who's also our kicker and uh, senior as well. <clears throat> and uh, I remember, so if the if the guard was pulling, backside guard was pulling, me as the center, I blocked down you know what i mean towards the guard is pulling so um anyway we we run the o and i blocked that that tackle down and it was so slippery that i i blocked him and he fell to the ground and i kind of slid over top of him and i ended up falling in to our tight end who was lined up on the back side which is jason gordon and i took his legs out and so then he falls down, and we're both just laying there, and the play's going on down the field. And it was like we were on ice. Like, we couldn't get up. We are trying to help each other up. And I just remember the time we got up, we're both laughing, covered in mud. It's just like the little things like that you remember, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we end up winning the game. Uh, you know, it was, it was a great game. But, you know, to mention those guys, you know, you talk about Trevor Spicer and Justin Holbrooks, Jordan Sherry, Jason Gordon, uh, Derek Baxter, Jesse Oliver, Dylan Haney, Ethan Webster, uh, Russell Love Muscle, uh, King Cobra, as we called him, Tim Wolford. So uh, just a, a great group of guys um, that you'll never forget. You know, you created a, a brotherhood with and. You know, out of those guys I just mentioned, I, I still see half of them on a regular basis, it feels like, and then, you know, still talk to the rest of them every once in a while. So it's just, man, it, it's crazy um, when we talk the game of football. Not only, you know, does it teach you a lot about life and you learn a lot about the game, but the brotherhood that, that Coach Menzi mentioned when we talked to him, you know, you, you have that forever, so. That's what, yeah, you know, you, you talked about the brotherhood and uh, uh, that's football is a game where it's unlike any other and um, the memories are like any other. Um, there's nothing like that. High school sport, there's nothing like the game of football that high school sports can offer. You know, it yeah. breaks you down and it builds you up all in a matter of one season. You know, uh, two a days, it, it's not easy. There, that's the hardest thing to go through for a high school athlete. I, 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 I will – I honestly say, um, and then, but it's not terrible either. Like you're going to live through it. Right. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. But like you're, 
but you're with the guys. Right. You're, I mean, you start weightlifting, what, in May? Mm-hmm. And then we're here in October, in the middle of October, and you're what you see each other every day. You get Sundays off, maybe, where you don't see your coaches yeah. or, you know, um, your teammates. But like Coach Minzy said, he still talks to his coaches. You know, uh, Barry Lytle. You know, he still calls him coach. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. There's nothing like. Uh... The last time you take the pads off, and I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, both of us won our final game. But there's something about when you get back to the locker room and even after the game sharing some time with those underclassmen and even your classmates, like I got back to the locker room and it was just like, man, I'm soaking wet and I'm freezing, you know, but I I didn't want to take the pads off for the last time. Uh, it was weird because my last game, it was uh, it was October 30th. Because that's when the season ended. Mm-hmm. Um, because they moved it up last year, I believe. But anyways, um, it was kind of weird because everyone that was there, like the you know, the student section, you know, they came on and rushed the field. Coach Aaron talked to the students and the players all at once, and it was just weird. No one really wanted to leave the field. Everyone yeah. just wanted to take pictures or talk, and uh, it was probably I don't know good hour after the game till I finally got back to my car just mm-hmm. because or you were talking in the locker room and when I think winning helped that you know wanting to stay yeah. there is longer um but uh yeah it was very very awesome well I'll tell you this even my junior year um you know uh, and even years before that it, it's like even win or lose it doesn't matter I, I feel like you just want to stay and it's like man I don't I don't really want to go in you know, yeah, stay out on the field and have them keep the lights on all night. Yeah. So, I mean, just a special experience for sure. It is. And I wish I wish more kids would just give it a try. I, we know we, we've talked about the numbers being down. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wish, you know, kids would go out there and play. Don't be one sport athletes. Yeah. Don't don't do it. Um, you know, we have very special athletes in our uh, even county, you know, Kyle Stoller and uh, Landon Brewer, they're going to be studs on the basketball court. Probably could be potentially All-State, if we're going to be quite honest, in mm-hmm. basketball. And uh, they're out there, you know, duking it out on a Friday night um, under the lights. You know, one's being a quarterback and one's uh, running all over the place as a receiver. So, yeah, play them all. Play them all. Yep, play them all. Play as many sports as you can. I, I mean, I promoted that for a long time. You only get four years of it, live it up. Yep. That's so fun. That's so fun. The memories and everything you create along the way is is so special. So, anyway, enough of that. Um, thanks for sharing your story. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yours is too. I'm glad, I'm glad mine didn't have rain involved. <coughs> oh, man, it was horrible. I'm a sissy for rain. It was horrible. And I think Grandma Paulette would have went to her car. Um, I, I will tell you the truth. I think did she go I, to the car? I don't know. I don't know. I would have to ask her on that, but I think I'm telling you a lot. A lot of my family that was there, I remember my mom being on the field after the game, but I'm not going to lie. If, if they were hiding somewhere or even went to the car, I don't blame them. I mean, it was, there was probably a good 20 to 30 mile an hour wind. And this rate has come straight out of the South. You know what? I went to a lot of your games, but uh, I wasn't at your last one, probably. I don't blame you. 
I don't blame you. You were at the last basketball counts. Courtside. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, you got any uh, anything else we need to cover before we get off here? Uh, nope. Uh, NBA basketball's back. So I'm just sitting here watching the Cavaliers. So, well, What's that score? 72-67, Cleveland. Who are they playing? The Raptors. They're up the, in a foreign country. Okay. Uh, Bronny and the Lakers. They didn't. They didn't get her done last night. I tell you what. I don't, I don't know if you're into DraftKings. Are you? Yeah, kinda. Like making fantasy lineups. Yeah, kinda. NBA is the most fun to do. Is it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Might have to give it a shot. Tell you what. <clears throat> shout out again, Dayton Price, but uh, he's a wizard when it comes to making NBA lineups. Him and Blake. <laughs> oh man yeah so uh final shout outs you got any yep shout out to uh those seniors suiting up for the panthers friday night um enjoy it soak it all in and uh you know i got i got to play with these guys until you know these uh are uh, the guys that i don't play with anymore it, it's special i played with them so it's special for them and um best of luck to them so Dawson Lamb and you know Braden Sanders and company. So, shout out to those guys and uh, shout out to Archibald, the Lady Blue Streaks. Hopefully, their season keeps on moving on. So, they win tonight. I believe so. Okay, <clears throat> I'm gonna give a couple shout outs. Um, number one, uh, I'm gonna give it to a guy I just mentioned that was in my senior class, turned 31 yesterday. Uh, and I told him I was going to give him a shout out on the pod. And, you know, we ended up not recording last night because of everything going on. Um, but uh, we're doing it tonight. So I'm going to shout him out tonight. Happy 31st birthday to Webby, Ethan Webster. Um, that dude was a hoot. He still is a hoot, but he was so fun to play with. And uh, I told him, I texted him yesterday, told him happy birthday in our fantasy group text. And, I said, I'm giving you a shout out on the pod. And uh, so he's he's listened to it a few times. Um, so that's my first shout out. My second shout out is uh, to the New York Yankees for uh, moving on and uh, taking down a, a good a good Guardians team, a young, solid Guardians team. Now you shout out the uh, Yankees and, you know, yeah, we're going to lose viewers. Oh, stop it. People hate the and, and currently, in the bottom of the fourth, tied 1-1 with the Astros. I hope I hope that series just ties and we just make the NLCS the World Series. Now, yeah, wish in one hand. Crap in the other. Crap in the other. Let's see which one fills up first. <laughs> so there's my other shout-out. Um. Again, we always want to shout out. Um, I'm going to shout out this guy again, Chris Smith, for dropping our beats. Those beats are pretty hot at the beginning and end of the episode. I don't know how you like them, but I think they're awesome. <clears throat> so give him a shout out. And uh, we're going to shout out uh, our one and only sponsor right now, uh, officially, um, Made to Achieve. Um, you heard the commercial on that earlier. So, uh, 
you know, give them a, a look on Facebook or their website. And uh, again, get in on the pod picks. We had Jeff on earlier and uh, you know, he's won twice now. Let's see if someone can knock him off. All right. Get in on the picks. If you win, we'll bring you on. And uh, you can submit those picks to across the field pod at yahoo.com. I just had someone submit picks while we were talking. So really? Yep. Shout Alex, out. You want to shout Alex, him out? Alex Arlano. Alex Arlano. He's came close. He's came really close. He has. He's been close twice. So I hope he hope he pulls it out this week. I'd love to talk to him. <coughs> um so again, get in on the picks. And you can catch us on Spotify. And Amazon Music. Anything else, man? Uh, nope. Uh, again, thanks, Coach Minzy, for hopping on. That was awesome. And uh, Jeff for hopping on today. And yep. It was good talking to you. Yep. Want to want to thank both of them again. And um, I know this this episode. I want to say this again was pretty long. Um, but you know, with a, only doing one one uh, episode this week, uh, just there was a lot we had to go get through. So. Um, don't miss the next episode next week. We got a dandy one for you. We're going to talk some playoff football, uh, high school football. Uh, so that should be uh, pretty entertaining. I won't reveal who we're having, but uh, we're going to talk some high school football, some playoff action. So, all right. Well, hold it down in Columbus this weekend. Yep. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. Go Raiders. Go Panthers. Go Raiders. One thing we can ar- agree on OH. I know. All right. Have a good one. Have a good one. We'll see you. Yep. Have a good one. Later. This has been another episode of Across the Field. Peace out.